<laughs> and I don't even think it can be labeled as cologne. It is musk, no. <laughs> which is I, you know, something you just don't want to wear. Musty, musty. <laughs> I, I tell you what. I mean, I was like sixteen into sports real heavily. I thought it was her jock itch, so it was a bit. Oh, it was a bit tingly. So there you go. That's how you know well, it's working. Is- You're listening to a four by four by four radio network podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. All right, it's time for me to beg and say stuff about, uh, you know, you guys sharing stuff about the uh, the Jeep Talk Show. So no, more people will know about the Jeep Talk Show. I uh, recently did a, uh, a video of uh, the Jeep Talk Show Gladiator and uh, the GearSpot storage system. Uh, I put it up on the Tic Tac or the TikTok or whatever you want to call it, and also on Instagram. So do me a favor. Go over there and find it or really any of the posts that, uh, that we put up and like it, comment it, and if, you, if it's possible, share it. I, I don't think there's a way to do easily sharing on uh, Instagram and stuff, but, but liking and commenting will, uh, will be, be a big thing, and we would really really appreciate it you know it doesn't matter if you have a jeep want a jeep or never driven anything but jeeps this show is for you josh tammy wendy and myself are here to inform and entertain you while we talk about hashtag jeep g-spot <laughs> well we'll get to that later yeah <laughs> well, <laughs> See, show, that's what causes divorces that that attitude right there yeah <laughs> Welcome to the show, Jeeper. I am your boy, Josh. And on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, I start things off with all things beach, as Jeeps and beaches pretty much dominate the news. Later, I've got an all-new must-have pick of the week for your Jeep, and we're going to talk about redneck repairs around the campfire. Well, howdy, it's Wendy, and on this episode of Newbie Nuggets, I talk about a 4XE Jeep and how that technology isn't really wheeling a Jeep. <laughs> oh, good. Let's let's beat people down for trying to do Ex- the right thing. Exactly. <laughs> Hi, I'm Tony, and I started st- stuffing the stuff that was all in my back seat in my overhead storage, the gear spot. I got I got a lot. I'm really excited about this gets gear sport <laughs> gear spot this, thing. I'll, this wh- almost sounds like a personal <gasps> problem, Tony. Stuffing <gasps> your stuff. It was fun. <laughs> it, it's really cool. I, like the, I don't know if you guys carry like towels, little hand towels and stuff, where you can cover yeah. cover up radio, or maybe uh, it gets wet inside if you're driving around topless, and you can kind of uh, towel off, or maybe get the dab the sweat from you. Uh, well, I've got these towels, and of course they lay around in the back seat, and sometimes there's wind, and they get blown around. Now I've got them stored in that little netting just underneath the, the gear spot. It's just right there. Cool. I can I can grab it and uh, pull it right out and stuff it right back in there. It's it's really really handy. I love having that uh, additional storage, and the back seat is completely open and empty now. Nice. I'd still like to see Chris's six foot five tall ass get into the back seat of there and not have to duck. No, no, exactly. it, it's not gonna, yeah, it's not going to happen because uh, you lose uh, about three four inches of headroom on this thing, but it doesn't go all the way to the back. So uh, only when he started oh. started uh, dozing off and leaning forward, actually, he probably could sleep easier because his head would rest <laughs> on the on the gear spot. <laughs> I've still got a couple other questions about that thing, but uh, I'll, I'll reserve my uh, my hard questions for uh, for later in the episode I or think, another episode. Yeah, I think that, that the interview uh, with Pete of the the Gear Spot is coming up in two weeks. I don't have the calendar in front of me, but it's coming up, so uh, it might be a good time to ask uh, ask those questions then. All righty. 
Local Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. Well, Jeep Beach, the largest Jeep-only event in the southeast corner of the USA, takes over the Daytona International Speedway every year and hosts one of the largest Jeep-only parades in the world on Daytona Beach. In 2019, all 50 states and 26 different countries were represented in the 200,000 visitors and over 20,000 Jeeps that were in attendance during the week-long event. Now, since its beginning in 2012, the Jeep Beach has donated over $2 million to local charities through the event's week-long fundraising efforts. As you can imagine, an event of this size requires, well, a fair amount of permitting of all kinds. And this year, well, it almost didn't happen. The point of contention was the issuance of a special permit for the Hard Rock Hotel, who was going to have a static display set up of around 24 Jeeps, who were all to be showcased as sponsored vehicles for vendors or charities. The problem was is that section of the beach is restricted from vehicular use, and the city council didn't want there to be any confusion. Despite there being virtually no vehicle access to begin with, the copious amounts of signage and the other things in place to warn off and prevent vehicle use anyways, but that isn't enough, because in today's society we have to cater to the fraction of the fraction of a single percent of morons out there who don't have two brain cells to rub together to know the difference between you're allowed to drive here, but you are not allowed to drive here. It's any wonder how the city isn't thrown into complete mayhem and chaos at the installation of every single wrong-way sign. Despite the council's best efforts to placate to the few select idiots in the area, the permit was issued on the grounds of precedence, since food trucks have been allowed in similar areas of other events. Oh my gosh, that's ridiculous. It's it is ridiculous. <laughs> there's, there's hardly any words. Uh, they're, they're usually... <laughs> insulting though if there are any words yeah exactly i'm, I'm speechless so wendy do the the, the 4xe uh, jeeps do they rust in the salt water as well or does the the battery oh. somehow protect them from from that? <laughs> that's a really good question <laughs> batteries yep. charred because when that's i that's right because when i hear when i hear jeep beach i think of rust on my jeep 100 <laughs> percent, man if you're if you're taking electric jeep there you better be aware <laughs> Uh, they're saying, why are you crapping on Jeep Beach, Tony? Exactly. <laughs> I just, I know, but those two things really go together. I mean, uh, I just, I, maybe it's the media has, has shown Jeeps out on the beach, you know, and it's, it's always saltwater beaches that you see them on. Right, of course. And, and I, I think that's just the idea, the open, uh, the open top, the, the breeze, the, the sun, and the beach, you know, it's just always seems and to be together. All that electrolytes over there just crashing <laughs> onto the shore, it's perfect for <laughs> batteries. They need that stuff, right? So just yeah. to, to, to squelch your fun. Uh, well, you know, there's people out there that don't keep a Jeep longer than a couple of years, so they don't care. So there you go. That's the answer. It's up, upgrade. <laughs> well, speaking of Florida, about 350 some odd miles northwest of Daytona Beach, the beach we were just talking about, is another popular beach destination for Jeepers who hosts another widely popular all Jeep event every year, the Florida Jeep Jam in Panama City Beach. Now, this year it's happening May 10th through the 14th, and they are celebrating their seven-year anniversary. In commemoration of this, the Explore Off-Road Florida specialty license plate design has been officially approved by the 2020 Florida Legislature. It's reached its $3,000 or 3,000-unit 3, pre-order requirement in January of this year and has been officially released for production. It features a muted orange gradient background representing a sunset, which you can see in the background as the foreground is a sandy beach kisses the water that the sun is setting in as a jeep there watches with a surfboard propped up on the back there's palm tree leaves in the upper left hand corner and tall grass occupies the lower left and right corners 
A colorful and very Floridian GP license plate, if you ask me. You can't get them right this minute, as we record this anyways, but they will be likely showing up in the county tax collector agency offices in about 90 to 120 days, or sometime around June or July. Those who purchased pre-order vouchers will get a notification from the state as to when you can pick up your plates. For now, though, if you have one of these plates or are getting to get one, going to get one, rather, let us know what your personal plate is going to say and what you think of it by calling our 24-7 voicemail line. We'd love to hear what you got. I, I like this license plate. I think it's it's nice. Yeah, I, I can see pretty much every serious Jeep owner in the Florida state getting one of these license plates. I mean, with yep. a picture of a Jeep on the license plate itself, yep. come on, come Absolutely. you can't get wrong. Well, here we go. Yeah. I was just talking about the media playing toward the, the Jeep on the beach type thing. This certainly does that. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and, and the state government, uh, for that matter. I mean, getting getting in on the action. Now, obviously, this is going to come with a premium uh, versus a regular of license plate. Of course. Have to, you know, and pay a fee. And and uh, and I think because it's a personalized license plate as well, yeah, I think you probably pay an additional fee for the custom numbers and letters on it or whatever. So, yeah, yeah it, it's going to come at a premium. You're going to have to pay for it. Uh, but I th- honestly, I think it'll be worth it. Hell, I want to get a blank one just to throw on the wall. Do you th- Me too. Do you I think love there's that. do you think there's enough room with that big Jeep image there on the side? Do you think there's enough room for pull my hair to be on the license plate? If you no. spell it just right, you could. Terry. <laughs> yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's a trick, isn't it? Is getting it past the uh, the DMV? Yeah, spell it <laughs> so, just correct. <laughs> I don't know how many you know numbers, how, how many you know uh, characters there's supposed to be on a Florida license plate. And the example that we have in the show notes, uh, which you can actually see a picture of this license plate, what it's going to look like in the show notes for this episode at JeepTalkShow.com. There are only five letters in there, and it just so happens to say Jeepin, J-E-E-P-N. Now, whether or not there's going to be a full seven on there, or how do they go, I you know I don't know. Uh, a lot of specialty license plates that are limited series or limited production are limited in, of course, the uh, the number of characters that are on the plate. We've got several of them out here in Oregon, in fact. Uh, same sort of thing. You've got to pay a premium for it, uh, but uh, at least that way you get your own plate. And what the hell? That's a two-door. And, and is that, that looks like it might be a JL. The, the, the JLUs aren't represented. And where's the damn Gladiator? I mean, you need that's to be able to... That, no, that's... CJ, look at the look at the look at the round rear fender uh, fender goodness. cover there. That's 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 a, that's a CJ. All right, well I I can't complain if it's a TJ. Uh, <laughs> TJ is okay. Well, if you got a news tip or response to any one of our stories, be sure to let us know what you got to say, Jeeper. Uh, even if it's something uh, you got to correct us on, just head over to JeepTalkShow.com/slash/contact to find out how to reach out. Never correct me in public. Never or on the air. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Hey, don't forget to tell your friends about the 4x4 Radio Network, too. Uh, you know, we've got something for, well, pretty much every kind of off-roader there. Uh, so be sure to tell them uh, about the 4x4 Radio Network. It's the number 4, the letter X, the number 4, and radionetwork.com. All one word, 4x4, radionetwork.com. We'll see you there. All right, who wants to do the uh, the giveaway? I mean, uh, I, I've done giveaways, uh, the giveaway announcements, the winner announcements, and uh, Josh has done it. Uh, Wendy, have you ever done it? I, I think, think you've it's done it. I have. Okay, so yeah, I think I think Wendy did the last one. So Josh, you go oh, ahead. Oh, okay, so I'm up. No problem. Yeah. 
Well, we've got, uh, you know, AEV Conversions was on the show here recently and a great interview. And and if you don't know about AEV Conversions and stuff, what they do and everything, well, you must have been living under a rock the last 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, they, they make, they do really some really amazing stuff with Jeeps. And, uh, and they were kind enough to hook us up with a AEV swag pack. Now, obviously, they're not going to be giving away... Uh, uh, you know, one of those conversions. A brute. I, 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 I begged. I begged Matt. Can we give away a brute? Hey, no, here's, here's like an eighteen thousand dollar kit. We're gonna give you guys. No, that's not. Just be happen. the right caller. That's how you do it. <laughs> oh man, if only. Maybe one of these yeah. days. You know, we'll I should have gone on uh, eBay and found an old cologne bottle of brute. Uh, that we could have done the oh, giveaway. <laughs> <laughs> People are saying, "What the hell is that?" I hate this show. Re- references from the forties. <laughs> I got this musky giveaway. I don't know. Yeah, really. <laughs> I thought you said it was a brute from AEV. Nope. And, then, and then I just knew to do a DBA as uh, Elon. So it could be an Elon musky uh, brute conversion. Oh, God. <laughs> I, can, I can hear the cease and desist letters being scratched oh, out. Oh, it's right now. They're just right now. laughing while they scratch them out. That's right. <laughs> oh, good times. Well, all you had to do was call in, be the right caller, have the uh, the right phrase that pays. And there was one listener out there who uh, was able to do that. Uh, he came out from the wonderful state of Ohio, and uh, and he drives a Jeep. At least I'm assuming he does. I wish I knew what kind of Jeep it was. But his name is Nick. Nick R. from Ohio is our winner of the AEV Swag Woo-hoo! Pack, our latest giveaway here on the Jeep Talk Show. Congratulations, Nick. Uh, now we just go ahead and uh, need you to get that deposit mailed into us so you can uh, take that. No, I'm just kidding. There's there's no deposit. <laughs> oh, we need a deposit from him. We need some some cash because not only did he win, yeah, not only yeah. did he win this, he also was the winner for the Midland MXT 500 that we uh, they gave away recently. Uh, now wait a minute. Recently. Somebody needs wait. to take. The Jeep Talk Show speed dial from Nick's phone. That's <laughs> getting a little unfair. Yeah, here. what's happening here? Hmm. So, yeah, Nick, He's lucky. Nick doesn't know. I mean, I, I asked him about, oh my God, I'm sorry. I'm getting a little excited here. Uh, Brute by Ideal Labs, 25.6 ounce cologne for men, free shipping, $99.99. So, for go. 100 bucks. Smell and this is a fancy one. I remember the, the 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 plastic, the green plastic ones. This one is like glass, but I can. But there is one here uh, that's uh, the the plastic one that I remember. Ten dollars and ninety nine cents. Okay, there's something wrong here, Josh. Can you tell Tony's too excited about his brute that he found? Gosh, man, that that's just that. And I don't even think it can be labeled as cologne. It is musk, no. and, which is I, you know, something you just don't want to wear. Musty. Musty. <laughs> I, I tell musty. you what, I mean, I was like 16 into sports real heavily. I thought it was for jock itch. So it was a bit, oh, oh, it was a bit tingly. So there you go. That's how you know well, it's working. Is, yes. <laughs> if, 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 if the brute lasts longer than four hours, see a doctor immediately. <laughs> All right, Nick, you know what to do. We'll be uh, probably in contact with you here shortly. Uh, <laughs> Whatever you get from Tony, just wash it first, all right? <laughs> exactly. That, that's good advice, no no matter what. <laughs> we choked, choked her up. <laughs> oh, gosh. That was good. What? Where's the noob? Noob! 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 Hey, noobie! Noobie! Noob Nugget. It's time for Noobie Nuggets. Well, the last couple of training runs, we've encountered the 4XE. Now, is it X or buy? I'm going to call it X from here on out. It's great for us to see the new Jeeps, including the new diesel, which I mentioned in last week's episode 577. 
Now, the 4XZ looks just like any other Jeep. Well, except for the blue pinstriping, blue interior stitching in the steering wheel, the seats and seatbelts, oh, and the 4XZ logo on the back tailgate. It actually is pretty cool looking. I do love blue, but do I want a 4XZ? Well, we put it to the test while training, and let me tell you, it performed just as good as other Jeeps. The student chose to operate it in full electric mode on the first pass of the training course. It was quiet, although there was a low hum you could hear when outside the Jeep. The low gearing and torque of the electric motor makes it perfect for crawling. And one really cool feature is that when you take your foot off the pedal to stop, it stops on a dime. No kidding. Now, when doing the same thing with the gas engine, you know it takes a moment to really stop. So two footing, left foot on the brake, right foot on the gas pedal is really not needed when crawling over rocks in electric mode. Of course, you only get about 21 to 25 miles range on the highway. No telling how many miles or hours you'd actually get rock crawling. Three. But hey, <laughs> yeah. But hey, it only takes two hours to recharge the 220 volt or 12 hours on, one tw on 110. I suppose you could tote a gas-powered generator along with you. That might help. Whatever. So if you want to experience driving rocks with the electric control, save your battery for the trail, not on the road, and make sure you have a full tank of gas. <laughs> right, Bill? I'm oh. sure he's listening. <laughs> I had to do it. <laughs> oh, the other things we discovered are all the bells and whistles with this new technology. I guess our 2008 JKU is an oldie but goodie these days. Josh, I think we're behind the times of this new technology offered in these new Jeeps. Mm. Now, besides features you may be aware of, like the front and rear cameras, the sway bar disconnect on the Rubicons where it automatically reconnects after you reach 15 miles an hour, there's also a feature for airing up. Now, while airing up, when your tires reach a designated PSI, the horn honks. Yes, it honks. So you don't have to keep looking at your dash to see if your tires are filled up. No more standing, holding the gauge, and hoping you hit the exact tire pressure. I'm sure there's a way to change the designated PSI in the system in case you wanted to run a bit lower or higher. This particular student wasn't aware if he could change those numbers. They also have a clinometer. Now, I call it a tiltometer, by the way, to show you visually how much you're tipping from front to rear and side to side. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't need a meter to tell me we're tipping, okay? But I get it's cool to see your Jeep tilting on the dashboard, uh, dashboard display. But guess what? So is driving by the seat of your pants and getting that pucker factor. So after driving with all the bells and whistles, I had the student turn all that newfangled tech off. This newbie driver wanted to use the front camera to see the trail instead of looking out the window and discovering the trail or watching a spotter. Hello, there I was. Um, again, we need to be driving by seeing and feeling what is happening with our rigs and not through the lens of the front-end camera. The angles on those lenses are slightly distorted as well. And don't get me started on backing up at the onboard camera. Really? Learn to use your mirrors and back up like a pro. Okay, well, we also had the, drive, the student driver drive the Jeep in the gas mode. He needed to see how that felt and how much different it was from the electric mode. The engine shifts differently and performs perfectly, and you can hear what's going on with the Jeep. Now, if you're new and only use the gadgets to learn to drive, you're missing the best part. Driving is an experience you need to feel. I do discuss that in episode 571, in case you're wondering what that means. Now, you need to be looking down the trail, immediately in front of you on the trail, and your surroundings, and maybe your spotter. Not yeah. just looking at your panel of tech things. Part of what we love about Jeeping is the outdoor experience. 
Nature is all around and the cameras and tech are not going to give you that experience. If that's all you want, stay home, save yourself some money and get a video game. So turn off the tech, get out and drive and learn to wheel. Tech can be helpful sometimes, but in the beginning, leave it alone. And that goes for sticking your head out the window too. Learn to feel what your tires are doing, how they are climbing over rocks and how they feel when going through a deep rut. That's just called jeeping. Mm -hmm. So Josh, you and I are probably thinking the same things with all this oh, new yeah. tech, but but what do you think? Did you like the new tech when you drove the, the uh, Jeep Talk Show Gladiator? I, I could give it merit. Uh, I honestly, yeah. the, the the whole horn honk feature when airing up, I thought was a, a kitschy little neat type of, uh, of, of add-on, a feature if you will. Uh, but honestly, there wasn't anything on there that, that I use. I hang my head out the window. I look I at know. the trail. I, you know, I I'd, I'm listening and, and, and driving by the, the vibrations and stuff. I'm very much connected to the vehicle and the vehicle's very much connected to the trail. We are all yeah. one. And, and so that's, that's how I have always wheeled. That's how I, how I always will wheel. Um, you can throw as much technology in front of me. Likely, I'm going to ignore it because it's in the way. It's a I'm distraction. The same way. Yep. And so I, I, there's nothing on that display that is going to tell me anything that my, my guts, my equilibrium, my eyesight, my ears aren't already telling me. And that means I'm going to have to take my vision off of the trail, off of my spotter, off of what the Jeep is doing to look at a video game display. And I actually, as you, you mentioned, you know, if you, don't, if you don't like that, save your money and get a video game. Before you had gotten to that part, I had actually written down video game on my little notepad right here of <sighs> stuff that I scribbled down as we do the show. And, and that's because ex that's exactly what it reminded me of is, yeah. is, is all the stuff is like a video game. And if you're wanting to use the front-facing camera instead of your own GD eyeballs, come on, <laughs> there's something wrong with you. I'm sorry. Exactly. Right? Whatever, you know, deep respect for the person that you were trying to teach and everything. But if they were honestly more interested in looking at the display versus using their own eyeballs, yeah. that person is not wired correctly. Well, uh, and you know, yeah, I think part of it too is how they're sold on the Jeep. So, you oh, know, yeah, these definitely. people today yeah. are, are, are sold on how cool this technology is. And it's fine, but you got to learn to drive, like, like Josh is saying, see to your pants, learn to feel it, learn to get out there and actually experience it. I mean, that's why we go out there in nature. We want to see the world, you know, we want to see everything. So, yeah, well, it was... You know, I think we need a new term uh, on the glossary, seat of the seat of your pants, because there's some people pants. out there that are freaking out, like, <laughs> what do you mean seat of my pants? So I have to be right on the outside of the Jeep so I can feel what it's doing? What are you talking about? Yeah. I've actually used the term seat of the pantometer before. Oh, I like it. Because it's, it's like, you know, when you do a mod and it's like, did I, did I get more torque out of that? Because not everybody has a dyno in their garage or driveway right. to Correct. actually measure performance or, or, you know, enhancements to things like drivetrain or, or engine or whatever. And it's like, did I, do I have more flag? Is, is the suspension softer? Well, only your, your seat of the pantometer can tell you that. And, and so that, that's where I, I, I refer to the seat of the seat of the pantometer is, is, you know, that's, that's what's telling you what's really going on. Now, obviously there's machinery out there that can tell you if you actually did soften up your suspension or if you gained more torque or horsepower, things like that. Um, but it's, I, I kind of attributed a little bit to the, you know, when you were a very little kid and you got new shoes and you, th you thought you could run faster. <laughs> yeah. Kind of so like that. That's your, that's your seat of the pantometer. <laughs> Uh, and it's very infantile stages. 
So, Wendy, you may have uh, remembered us talking about this. I have literally wheeled with Josh in the 2021 Jeep Talk Show Gladiator, him as the driver. And I can yep. say, absolutely, it's not just something he says. He definitely hangs his head oh. out the window. And I can yeah. prove it by the 20 minutes I spent getting the slobber off the side <laughs> of the Gladiator, which I just took as a compliment as he just got really excited and was really enjoying the ride. It was the yeah, sweat stain in the past exactly. that the AC couldn't keep up. And yeah. <laughs> well, and, and honestly, that hanging the head out thing works for experience and, you know, getting in there. But when you're a newbie, it's like I want you to be able to experience the Jeep inside. No technology. Don't be using yep. anything until you learn. And then you can start to do stuff like well, that and hang your head out and slobber all over. Well, well, will you all remember me playing with the tech while I was going down? Oh, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. Right. I, I there hit, he a, is. I hit <laughs> a little hole and I was like, oh, what the hell? Oh, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> it scared and, the hell out of me. Here's something else, Josh, that happened was kind of interesting. Um, he was in four. We were in four low a lot in this training. And okay. it was interesting to me that all of a sudden it would take it out of four low and By put itself? it in neutral. Yes. Really? And part of his little gauges, it was looking at the tranny. And the tranny was getting up to about two, let's say, 16, 220, 230 oh, oh. in there. And it was popping it out. It was almost like maybe it was a safety thing to say, hey, you might be running a little Heck. hot. Let me kick you out of that. But honestly, if I'm wheeling, I don't want a Jeep to tell me that. No. I, mean, I should be able to know that, right? That could be so a bad again, time to do things. Well, and I don't know for sure. Again, I'm in the passenger seat. We're just trying to go through the, you know, learning how to drive and all that. And here's this thing popping out. He would literally have to put it back into neutral, try to put it back into four low. And there was a couple times where the Jeep would not allow him to put it into four low. It was almost like it had to wait till the tranny cooled off a few degrees. And then all of a sudden he could then put it back in. And I'm thinking I to myself. I think that's right. That mm -hmm. there, there's something is not something's not right. Uh, yeah, it's only the beginning, folks. Uh, yeah. You're gonna go so. out there and Dave, open the pod bay doors. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. That. Anyway, that was kind of <laughs> weird from us as teachers going. Okay, wait, because usually we have to diagnose things, and lots of times someone doesn't put it all the way into four low, or they don't have it, you know, in the right gear, or they're doing something wrong. No, we could not quite figure that one out. So interesting. Just a little side note on that. I don't think it's necessarily the Jeep or the 4XE. I think it's just something in that new technology that there's probably ways to get around. That might have been a glitch. I think there's some bad programming there because that that doesn't sound like something that should happen. I, 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 I mean, even even when you know something goes wrong and a vehicle goes into limp mode. Uh -huh. it, it's 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 stuck into one gear it's usually like a third or a fourth gear so that you don't have a whole lot of acceleration you can't go very fast right. um and so this doesn't sound like that this sounds like something else and even even with like a limp mode in, in the most severe situations you're still in gear right um mm -hmm. I, and I wouldn't imagine there being a a a thermal disconnect of the of the transmission where it, it's gonna it's not going to allow you to put something in, into gear Something else is going on there, and I, it yeah. tells me that, that something's, something's not right, uh, yeah. and I believe that he may have some issues. He's got to go into the dealership and have his firmware adjusted or reset Check something. something. Out. I, mm -hmm. Yeah, but you know, one yeah. of the other things that, that kind of scares me a little bit, you know, listening to how this person was wanting to operate the vehicle is, you know, looking at those screens and stuff. You know, one thing that people don't understand is that that's a single camera lens, and that's a single display. You don't have stereoscopic vision That's with right. these things. There's absolutely right. no depth perception whatsoever. Yes, correct. Right on the back on the backup cameras, they put those red, green, and yellow lines mm -hmm. so that you can actually see some depth perception and then have something to measure against because the display unto itself 
does not have the depth perception. Oh. And, and so it's, it can be a very dangerous habit suddenly suddenly finding yourself relying on something like that. It can very much get you into trouble very quickly. I noticed that on the Rubicon uh, cameras. Did you notice any kind of uh, like a, a wheel tracking, front wheel tracking that as he turned the wheel you would actually see the the yellow lines move on yes, the screen on, on the rear on the rear no no this is on the front for the rubicon yeah so they have i don't know i just don't remember if they have that thing like josh is talking about for the backup camera the, where you can kind of see uh the implied depth perception because right you, you you don't get that with the with any any cameras i mean you would have to no. do a heads up uh display uh probably something a, a vr thing on your head I was gonna say, yeah like a vr thing with the yeah. you know, polarized lenses that are at different angles or uh, yeah screens that are different angles but yeah well and that's kind of why i'm glad these students come to us because we can kind of show them how to wheel without any of this technology and it's like using lockers you know you don't need them <laughs> you really don't no. and then you know you, you teach somebody when because everybody tells them that many get to an obstacle put your lockers on well you can't it, no you don't need it you, you just don't need it anyway that's a whole nother subject well correct me on this uh, speed will uh, approaching the object correctly and having the right amount of momentum to get up and over uh, will uh, uh, do what a locker does a lot of the time yeah it, yeah and sometimes and depending on what you're doing yes yeah but i i, yeah. I can't tell you how many times i've used the word momentum in spotting uh, where I say, you've got to carry momentum up and over this. You may have to back up further than what you were expecting to get a little bit more of a run at it so that you can carry momentum through the place where you are getting stuck. Yeah. And, and frankly, that's what I like about lockers. I like the idea of being controlled, that you can get up and over things in a controlled manner and not have to, to speed over it. But there's there's many different ways to resolve an issue or, or solve a problem. So or anyway, I didn't bad. mean to get us on a different topic. I was just like... <laughs> <laughs> on a rabbit trail we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and here we go. So, well, do you have a topic or su suggestion for newbie nuggets? I'd love to hear from you. Let us know. Check out my YouTube channel at Trails411, or you can go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Find out how to contact us. Hey, my name's Brett. I've got a 4-liter um, 04 Jeep Renegade here that I'm having a little trouble with, and uh, jumps while it's running. So it's kind of like it's a timing chain miss or something like that. Thanks. Bye. I'm confused as hell. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I heard I heard four liter, but then yep. I heard renegade. Yep. I'm slightly then confused. I heard an 04, which would then be not jumping. be a, yeah, would not be a 1904. That would be a 2004, I believe. So which, those things don't jive. Uh, I'm wondering if he if he meant Rubicon and not renegade. But even then, the 2004 with a 4-liter, I don't know that the 04s had... Well, maybe the WK Grand Cherokee still had the 4-liter. I think well, it the, was the, the TJs. The TJs had them until, uh, what, 06? Yeah, 06, yeah. I think that's when it, when the, uh, when it was discontinued. So, uh, maybe he does have a Rubicon or something. In, in any event, uh, jumping, I'm... Uh, <laughs> See, I'm wondering if he means it like searching, if the idle yeah, is surging. That's what I'm wondering is, is coming up, or if, if if there's actually a lunge in the drivetrain. You know, if if he's you know at a stoplight and the jeep is wanting to just keep moving through the intersection. You know, one of those things. So, I, Brett, I'd 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 encourage you to to write into the into the show and uh, and describe your problem in a little bit more detail. I'll be more than happy to help you out through email and uh, and discuss this a little bit further. Uh, yes, it at least on the surface, by your very brief description, sounds like it could be a timing issue. 
uh, very easily uh, determined by a timing light if you have access to one of those. But uh, I'd like to dig into this a little bit deeper with you. So, so please write into the show and let's see what we can figure out. Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? I love the show. I've listened to you guys for free for, I don't know, years now. And I figured I'd time to give back. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. It'll just uh, help help the show out. And, and then in the end, it'll be Jeep Talk Show in my ear holes, you know? Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. It'd be nice to give back to uh, so that you guys can continue on. Because if they love the show, then why shouldn't you, why shouldn't you give back just a little bit calling all rat bastards and if you don't know what a rat bastard is of course somebody's saying yeah i'm a mar- i'm married i know what a rat bastard is a rat <laughs> bastard at least here on the jeep talk show is somebody that listens to this show for free what do you that that's what a podcast is you listen for free how dare you so but we uh, we'd like to get a little uh, little money because we like to do things uh, with it to help uh, make the show better do a little f- few things like uh last september we did uh, the jeep talk show texas event i know what have you done for me recently uh <laughs> what have you done for me in my area well the more money we get the more we're going to be able to do for things all over so take the time to go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and scroll on down and see the various paid subscriber packages that are available to you show i think uh, didn't really have it here in the show notes but i think i will mention it uh the uh the campfireside chat segment is coming to an end <gasps> we finally got the fire out is that what's happening uh last week uh chris from seven slats.com peed in the fire and ruined it for all of us well that's it <laughs> oh, just, okay. i'm not here touching comes, that yeah i was gonna say here everybody comes said the same thing whenever it was uh, when he was peeing in the fire i'm not touching that one so uh the, and i know i know this sounds like an april fool's joke but the last camp fireside chat will be april 1st oh oh that's that's a funny coincidence. Long long time listeners are remembering uh, what Josh and I uh, little thing that we I think we played uh, Happy Trails to You and like we were ending the show. Oh no! And we lost. And this guy came back two or three years later. He goes, "I stopped listening. I thought you guys oh, ended the show." No. Yeah, that's right? that's a horrible joke. Oh my god. Oh, that, uh, yeah. Way to go, and Tony! That was, to lose and that viewers. was back. Oh, Josh was on board with this. He thought it was fun. Oh, was, yeah, no, I was <laughs> not just me. It was my played idea. It, played it up great. Yeah, and the happy trails to you. We made it made this big farewell speech and things like that. And now we didn't actually say that right. we were ending the show. Okay, uh, yeah. it, inferred. It, just, it, it was insinuated that that the show <laughs> might be coming to an end. Oh, now all we did was gosh. take like, a two week break or a month long break, a little summer break. We yeah. wanted to. You time back with the families and stuff like that but uh uh yeah and then we came back and it was business as usual and you know like nothing had changed and yeah to, so, to some people dismay it was like wait a minute i thought you guys shut wait, down shop the, the, that's horrible but the, but the one that was two or three years later really got me and keep in mind this is when listeners were critical i think we lost 10 percent of our audience when that one guy stopped oh, listening oh no <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But no, this isn't that. We're going to uh, be doing some more things with the show. And uh, I think uh, uh, as some of our uh, uh, Zoom people that uh, get in the Zoom meeting uh, have commented, you know, well, we have the roundtable uh, every uh, every Wednesday that you can listen to or be in the, involved in the recording on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Central Time. 
and uh it, it was just like well you know you kind of got you got kind of got two round tables going on so uh we're gonna uh, make some changes and uh i uh, w- but just giving you guys a, a chance to get in on one of the few uh campfire side chats that we're going to be having here what was it like two weeks uh the, 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 till april the first so the yeah something like that we're yeah we're only i mean a handful of episodes so we've got uh oh this yeah it week. is it is too it's like uh, this one three yeah, It'll be three. so we're recording one tonight, and if you want to oh, join right. in next week, it would be uh, March 24th, uh, sign up for a newsletter, jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, uh, look for a newsletter, sign up for a newsletter so you see when it is and how to join, and then the last one we will record on March 31st, and of course that'll be our, our Friday episode release, which will be April the 1st. April Fool's Day! Surprise, surprise! From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And episode 578, you talked about Mr. Vanderquack. The duck that is traveling across the country is now currently in Youngstown, Ohio. As you might know, I am from Northeast Ohio. And I would like to apologize for what my fellow Ohioans have probably done to Mr. Vanderquack. I don't know which state's going to get him next, but I suggest you use a lot of hand sanitizer and baby wipes. Soap on a rope. And uh, Jeep Mama, you gave a suggestion to give your passengers a job, such as navigation and uh, photography and stuff like that. Uh, It's a good idea. I've been giving my passengers jobs for a long time. As many of you know, I drive an XJ, so uh, their job is to walk 20 feet behind me and collect all the parts that fall off. <laughs> but that's not why I'm calling. I'm calling to tell you that my new sweater is full of static electricity. Yeah, so I brought it back to the store, and they gave me a new one, free of charge. Oh, come on, you know that's funny. <laughs> all right, boys and girls, I'll chat to you later, and you have a good one. Bye. You know, I, I got a little nervous there for a second when he says I give all my passengers a job to do, you know, and uh-huh, I immediately yeah. went to, to red light special versus anything else. I've got a yes. dirty mind. It's yes, bad. it's, ugh. <laughs> You're listening to Jeep Talk Show, the number one Jeep podcast. At my mom's house. You must have needed this every day. It's the Jeep Talk Show's must-have stuff, pick of the week for your Jeep. And this week's uh, pick of the week for your Jeep, I'm going ahead and picked up the uh, the Max device. Now, if you haven't seen one of these in action, it is probably one of the coolest things you're ever going to see being used during a trail repair. The Max device makes those on-the-trail repairs easier and way more effective. It simply slides uh, into your Jeep's trailer hitch receiver, you pin it in place, and you have a stout bench vise in the middle of nowhere. You can turn its massive clamping force down using your lug wrench or even a socket wrench, or better yet, the included handle that stows neatly on the side of the thing when it's not in use. And speaking of size, no other similar item on the market is as compact or as strong or as versatile, for that matter, as the Max Trail device. The device, spelled D-V-I-S-E, was designed to open far enough to repair axle or driveline U-joints out on the trail. Also to be used for repairs such as welding and other things. Can be pinned in place, upright or sideways, to accommodate all kinds of different materials or kinds of repairs. 
and it has a new slipknot surface jaws and separate set of pipe jaws beneath it. Another key feature, the vise can be slightly tightened down in the receiver and the hitch pin cannot be removed without a socket wrench. Last but not least, the designers of this amazing product included a bottle opener in its design. It seemed like the right thing to do. That's really I cool. love this thing. Yeah. I love this. I already took um, copies of it, sent it to Bill, and said, "Put it on the list." You know, uh, so I've I've actually used one of these out on the have trail. You? Uh, yes, uh, during an axle uh, an axle swap or not axle swap a uh, an axle repair. Uh, we're just going to swap out this thing yeah. 44 right so on the easy. trail here. <laughs> now that I need this other cheap. Because, what you, what yes, because I carry two extra spare with me all the time. Jeez. No, but I mean, you joint uh, damage happens. It's going to happen out on the trail, especially if you're out playing in the rocks. And, uh, and when an axle goes, when a U-joint goes, something like that, um, you're going to need some clamping power. It just makes things go a lot faster. Now, yes, you can go around through the trail asking people for the right size of sockets to try and pound out your U-joints and stuff. Or, you know, you could just use this thing. Uh, and it will make things go a lot faster, a lot easier. You're going to get back to having fun a lot sooner. Uh, and I mean, honestly, how many times have you needed to bend something back into place or straighten something out or, you know, I mean, whatever, or even do a U-joint swap? Really, it makes things go a lot smoother. And for the price, it's $189.95. Seems a little steep, uh, but you're getting, you know, hardened steel and, and some really high quality engineering. It's such a compact and versatile design, though, that it's not going to be taking up as much space as what the vice on your workbench is. This is much, much more compact but does the exact same thing and does it very, very well. I'm thinking this would be a great torture device on the trail, and uh, it would be great. Hey, Bob, come it would, squat over this thing real quick. You I could, got something to you show could, you. You could, take the, you could steal the truck nuts off of the Toyota that's in front of you and uh, put it in your vice and then figure out when he misses it. <laughs> See what I did there? I, I'm yeah, just not I even going to go there. I could have just let it go. I'm you right now. It's a really cool oh. item, Josh. I like that. It is that. great. I love this, now, Josh. You, you can you can find a a um, a hitch mounted uh, a vice mount on Quadratech for thirty five dollars. You might be tempted to to purchase something like that. Um, I have heard those things can bend. Uh, I also heard that they only will take a very small vice that has a smaller footprint, uh, making it, well, not as durable or as strong as what this thing is. I've seen other uh, versions of this, uh, copycats, if you will, on Amazon for uh, about half the price, uh, but they too also look extremely weak uh, or are very, very bulky, meaning that you're going to have a hard time stowing that thing in the Jeep without taking up a lot of valuable room. Uh, this takes up very, very little room, and like I said, is built like a tank, uh, and, and it's just like it's got so many features built into it. it. It's just something, one of those things that you must have for your Jeep. And now that you must have a Max Trail device for your own Jeep, we're going to make it very easy for you to get one. You just, all you have to do is go to jeeptalkshow.com, look for the link in the show notes for episode 580, snatch one up for your very self. We're only going to hear this uh, this intro two more times. I was going to say second to second to last uh, campfire side chat ever. And we, looks like we've got a uh, a pretty full room for the uh, for one of our last campfire side chat segments for the Jeep Talk Show. Uh, not the last though. We don't want to uh, freak one anybody up. out. I missed it. Now I've got plenty more coming up here uh, during our Tuesday recordings for our Wednesday show release. Uh, for now though, if you would like to join in on one of the next two. 
campfire side chat segments that we're doing during the main show here uh well we're gonna let you know how you can join in on that fun here in a little bit for now though i'm gonna ask the question to all of the other jeepers around the campfire tonight uh you know ingenuity is key and repairs can be expensive so what have you fixed on your jeep that may have cut corners uh may have went the cheap router you know used zip ties and duct tapes jb weld to fix things like that we're looking for those redneck repairs uh, and I'm going to give you some bonus points if it's still holding up. So we've got a whole bunch of Jeepers around the campfire tonight. Not sure if we're going to be able to get to everybody, though. So right off the bat, I'm going to grab uh, one of the Jeepers that uh, was here last week we didn't get to, Travis and Katie. Travis, uh, Katie, want you to give us a, uh, a rundown of maybe one of your last redneck repairs. Oh, and real quick, uh, John uh, L. has uh, said that uh, if we have a full house tonight, he's more than uh, willing to give up his uh, his turn on the uh, the campfire uh, side chat. So. Oh, that was very nice of him. Yeah. I didn't want him anyways. All right, Travis. I'm <laughs> kidding. <laughs> All right, Travis. That's what he gets right. for giving up. <laughs> they haven't done free control maintenance. Uh-oh. Uh, it's, it's never going to be... You're just gonna have to get on the trail and figure out if you can make it. Sometimes. Hang yeah. on, hang on. Let me let me fix this. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! You're so loud. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I was busy uh, doing captures and screen saves and all that stuff, and put it in the show notes. Uh, tell tell the guys what the uh, the 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 uh, tonight's uh, question is. Again, well, for those who were not on the Discord server earlier and uh, who uh, who missed the uh, pre-announcement of that or missed the uh, part of the recording here uh, where I announced it, uh, I'm going to ask you about ingenuity and redneck repairs. Uh, repairs can be expensive. And so, uh, oh, we're going to have some good ones tonight. Uh, and so I want to I want to find out about the last repair that you did that cut corners, went the cheap route, used zip ties, duct tape, JB weld to fix, things like that. We want to know about your last redneck repair, and I'm gonna give you bonus points if it's still holding up. So, so Travis, Travis, yeah, Travis, Travis, you're on deck. Well, actually, no, you're at the batter's box. <laughs> it when it comes to redneck repairs, that's a good bit of everything I've done. I was gonna say that's his YJ standing out. Travis yeah, is like, I'm, yes, I'm sitting here and I just read it, and I'm like what stands out the most i mean it's been from <laughs> i lost my muffler and literally had it like duct taped together that obviously didn't hold up um you know i <laughs> no it finally fell point. completely oh, out wow. and then i throw it in the back um i mean from light wiring wiring up lights to different things to uh like what what's standing out um belt repair on the road um, like you know, a few episodes back talking about, you know, belts and having them, it wasn't a belt made for my Jeep, but I got it fixed and working and on the side of the highway, replaced it, got it on because it wasn't off road when the belt slipped and I lost it. You know, there's, I've still got zip ties underneath my Jeep currently holding things together and, and out of harm's way. Um, one to stand out that's like oh yeah that's the one it, it's been my entire life in an old yj i mean there there are repairs that you know are still held together and, and i don't remember them because i've done so many on that old jeep but Good i apologize time. for not being that interesting yeah but it's just it's you've got to get no i'm i'm, I'm more curious about how i'm more curious about how many times that muffler ended up getting reinstalled 
I want to know about this 2,000 degree duct tape that he has uh, access to. What year did that come from? It burned away so quickly. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, That'll turn to solder real quick. (laughs) It still had the pins holding everything kind of there. So, I, you know, it was just, it it snapped. Um, And I was like, let me, I'm just going to, you know, it was cool. I'm like, let me run some duct tape around it. I'm going to get it to a shop. I never did get it to a shop. I ended up driving it. Once I lost, it broke the pins and it dropped out behind me going down the road. Um, no, it was on a trail. It was it dropped on a trail up in the mountains. I threw it in the back and, and then continued without a muffler <laughs> six months. Oh, until wow. Until I had it six months. Here comes Travis. <laughs> yeah, you hear that rattle yeah, trap coming a mile away. <laughs> That's great. All right, I want to hear from Bob, two cheap Jeep guys. Bob, what kind of cheap repair have you done? Have you done? Ah, uh, I have a good muffler one also. I repaired the exhaust. Unlike Travis, it held for many months. It was JB Weld and a clothes hanger. Oh, and wow. where it dropped, I just smeared JB Weld, uh, <laughs> the silver stick, the epoxy, yeah. through there, stuffed it all in. And then just wrapped a bunch of uh, wire from a clothes hanger around it, took the pliers and cinched it down as much as I could. It held for, oh, a couple of months at least Amazing. before it started to leak and thick again. That's, that's pretty impressive, actually. J.B. Weldon and then Coat Hanger to, to repair a muffler and, and, and have it hold for months nonetheless. That, that's, that's a pretty good one. Thanks for that one, Bob. Let's, uh, let's hear from Larry, Jeep, and Moe. Larry, uh, what's a good redneck repair that you've done? Something tells me you don't have too many of these under your belt, though. No, the best one I've got is just trying to use all the plugs I've got to stop the leak on the tire. That's that's about as redneck I've got on that. <laughs> How many did you end up using? All of them. All of them we had. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> How big of a gash was this? It was pretty good size. Uh, you know, it's been a while, so... We was don't beat on them too hard because we got to drive them home. Was it a sidewall repair or uh, up on the tread? More towards the sidewall. Yeah, that's usually where it happens, isn't it? That sucks. Yeah, I've seen some interesting pictures of those with the, uh, all kinds of stuff, twigs and zip ties and everything hanging out of that hole. But with enough rubber cement, you can get that thing to seal up. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, let's, let's hear from Josh Downs. Josh D., what you got for a redneck repair for us that you've actually done? A uh, buddy of mine uh, punctured a sidewall on a Goodyear Wrangler radial that he had on his S10 pickup truck. Uh, didn't have a spare, so we crammed five tire plugs into this sidewall gash that you could fit four fingers inside of, pretty much. Whoa. We just kept we just kept adding tire plugs until it sealed up enough to hold air. And I told him, as soon as you get back, to the base like you need to go to the tire shopping buy a new tire oh he yeah drove on that tire for six more months like yeah. that. i knew it <laughs> i knew it that's awesome god god bless america but it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't dangerous because it was a front tire <laughs> oh, yeah. it was a front tire yeah i'm sure it was <laughs> that is just insane man well he he gets uh, there's a challenge coin out there for that i think right <laughs> that's, that's for something sure. else right there all right, Isaac, 95YJ. Let's hear from Isaac. What you got, Isaac, for a redneck repair that you've done? Um, I wouldn't necessarily call it a repair, but my fender flares on my YJ, um, just like the, the little plastic pieces, 
all of the the screws that came with that I had to just chop off because they were just rusted off. So yeah. now I just hold it on with zip ties, and I just snip all the zip ties off when I have to take them off. <laughs> you know, there's worse ways of doing it, to be honest. I mean, you, you get some construction adhesive over there, and, and those things are never coming off. But Yeah, uh, I wouldn't want to do that. No, I you wouldn't want to do that. Uh, <laughs> the fender washers and things, and I've had those rust out on me, too, inside there. So I'm just like, nope, zip ties, and I, I just snip them. I don't Jeep, know too many Jeeps that don't place. have those rust out eventually. I, I, I mean, just about every Jeep that I've ever ran into that has aftermarket fender flares, uh, the reason why they were swapped out is because the, 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 the factory mount started rusting out and the thing started falling off of the Jeep. Just, just one of those things that happens, I guess. Uh, let's hear from uh, Mike Zen. Mike Zen, why don't you tell us about a redneck repair that you've either seen yourself or uh, done yourself? Uh, I will have to go with my hit latch. Uh, one of the times where the, it was just a lot of wind and I was actually on the freeway and that hit latch just snapped. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, luckily it was just one side and I pulled off on the side of the road, um, and okay. got a uh, mechanical wire. Uh, I loosened up the, uh, the hit latch, stuck the wi uh, mechanical wire kind of, you know, did a few, uh, rounds and make sure it held on uh tight and just got back on the road and continued on i actually had it like that for a good month until i decided to purchase the uh ledge that's that's incredible man do you you just so happen to have the the, the wire on hand to make it work or do you, do you walk up and down the, the the shoulder of the road looking for some spare wire and, until you that's found it. some no well, I, I i always try to carry stuff with me so i just kind of had it yeah. so i tried nice. zip ties at first and every time i try to uh, close it tight that uh, the um, the zip tie was just uh, ripped so I was like you know just wondering what else I got so I went through my tool bag and I found that and I'm like okay this, this should work and it work. Out. so you're saying you use metal or metal cable over synthetic <laughs> oh god here we go <laughs> there we there go, go. <laughs> and, my, and my winch is a uh, metal uh, winch it doesn't have synthetic seal cable for the wind <laughs> Ah, uh, boy! Right on, Mike. <laughs> you, got, right. you guys have to listen to the last roundtable episode to get that. Yes. <laughs> All right, let's hear from Andrew. Andrew, what you got for a redneck repair that you've done? And if it's still holding, I'm going to give you some bonus points. Well, my last redneck repair was trying to JB weld my block. Um, oh, uh, <laughs> no way! Yeah, that's not uh, only goes so far. Discord here in a second, but it was a concoction. Uh, part of the block was broken where the rear main seal sits. Oh, and we no. used a bunch of vice grips to try to hold it in place with JB Weld, and needless to say, it didn't work out too well. I ended yeah. up buying a new long block. Oh, oh man. Uh, Talk about a bad place for a block break, too. I mean, yes. that's, that's just horrible. Yes, gosh. I mean, I, you know, a, a corner of a freeze plug mount or, you know, something like that, or, you know, the corner of your alternator mount or, you know, I mean, something like that. I mean, okay, you know, we can weld this back together. We can kind of do a trail repair or something like that. But, man, right there at the back of the main seal, that's it. You couldn't pick a worse spot, really. That's just, that's bad, man. So, yes, the sir. JB weld, you, you tried it. You got it to cure. I imagine there was a point in time where this might work. And then not so much. <laughs> oh, it was working great until we checked the clearance and realized that uh, there wasn't quite enough clearance between the uh, the block and the, the crankshaft anymore. Oh, so no. That's, well, it's, it would sand itself we down, wrong. wouldn't it? I was going to say, there's some self-clearance that happened eventually. <laughs> but 
Uh, that, that's man, cool. That, that suck. Yeah, no oil pressure at that point. I'm sure it's yep. just no good. Very bad day. Did this happen on the trail? Uh, luckily, no. It happened in my garage. The only uh, way this story could be better is if he was trying to fix this problem with tire plugs. You know, that would be. <laughs> <laughs> just keep shoving them in there, Andrew. <laughs> it might work. It'll be all right. Looks like uh, a hamster with too many nuts. All right, Chuck, what do you got for us? Redneck repair that's still holding or not so much? What do you got? Well, I we're going to have to back up to 1998. Ooh, I had one. a 59 Willys. Yeah, it's a long time ago, boys. It, I had a 59 Willys, and uh, we had a, what was it, 289 in it. I think that's a, that's a Ford motor. And uh, I was actually out of Bassey Falls, California, which that trail has been long closed. And I nosed down on, on a three-foot drop. And I don't know what, why the hell it happened, but uh, my, my fan went right through my radiator <sighs> and kind of screwed up a, a lot. It was kind of a bad ordeal. And we, we might have or might not have been intoxicated at the time. <laughs> so may or may not uh, yeah i don't quite un, i don't really remember it but uh <laughs> we, we got her we got her level and uh we started putting eggs and and uh pepper and yeah. some some uh uh coarse mustard in there and we started just bending over all the courses in that uh in that radiator until they all like we just figured that the the eggs would like i don't know boil boiled eggs or whatever and it actually plugged it up and it, it got me home and bassey falls to where my house was it was about an hour and 45 minutes away wow so we drank we we drank a ton more beer and uh we might have urinated <laughs> in <celebration>. there <laughs> and uh we got we got plenty of water in that uh, radiator and we got us home and of course, that's a long time ago. So that Jeep is long gone. But uh, we we done made it home. Yeah, it was pretty good. That's so I, I'm I'm just a little that's curious. Are we now carrying eggs on the trail with us, or how how did that work? Amen. I find yeah, it interesting amen. that mostly, he had mostly eggs. for breakfast. Ah, well, okay, we, we good. carry eggs mostly for bake for for for, for uh, breakfast. Well, I'm glad, for breakfast. I'm glad you didn't t- use the bacon. That would have been uh, <laughs> sinful. No, we won't do that. No, no we'll just leave books. the Jeep. <laughs> yeah, but that's no, the most saw, actually, next thing I've ever done. I, yeah. I actually saw the pepper trick work out on the Rubicon Trail. Uh, there was an old CJ five, maybe it was a CJ. No, nah, I think I'm pretty sure it was a CJ five, and uh, and he was overheated. Um, had some issues with the radiator. I'd uh, uh, popped a seam, something like that, and uh, and we came up on them right as they were trying to figure out how to repair this. And somebody had said, you got pepper. And sure enough, they, they had one of those little cardboard tube things of, uh, of pepper you get from the camping store. And they started dumping it in there. And within I mean, 90 seconds, two minutes, three minutes tops, sealed itself up. They were on their way. So that, that is a trick that I've actually seen work. And it does work. For you know certain kinds of of, uh, of cracks in your in your cooling system. Now it's not going to work for everything in every situation where you're leaking out radiator fluid, and it's not very good for your engine, but it'll get you off the trail. I wonder if salsa would work because that would be really good uh, good fix. <laughs> Probably smell pretty good, but yeah, uh, yeah no. 
Uh, moving on to uh, Chip. Chip, what have you got for a uh, redneck repair story? Well, I guess on my JK, none, because I keep building it up and preventative. But on my 78 CJ, it's not really a repair. I was on the trail, and my brake, my master cylinder went out, so I had no brakes for half the day on the trail. Lame. So it's just using downshifting, turning the ignition off, little e-brake. It got through for the other half a day, drove 30 miles home, fixed it that night, put the 78 Chevy truck master cylinder back in that was that was needed and was out on the trail the next day. Everybody was amazed I showed up the next day. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. But the wor- probably the worst one I saw, I was out wheeling about, I don't know, last summer one day, and there was a, an old YJ, and this guy was just doing stupid shit. I mean, he was pounding <laughs> rocks. Was it Travis? <laughs> It wasn't. It was not Travis. This was at the Badlands in Indiana. Travis never, didn't get up there yet. But, but so he's just pounding the shit out of. Him. He's beating it off. Rock, I mean, beating it on rocks, bouncing it up stuff. And I'm just like, he's going to do something. And it wasn't probably within an hour later. I went back where he was running around, and his buddies showed up. He had broke his front axle shaft, and his wheel had come out. So oh. they pushed it back in, and they took a log from the woods, took two ratchet straps. And we're holding the wheel in place as he limped back to the to the uh, entrance to the park. I think wow. I've seen pictures of that. that, that, that I, don't know, seen, I remember seeing a log and ratchet straps holding a Jeep tire in oh, on yeah. pictures on some it, forum before. It, it looked it like the Flintstones when he was going out. <laughs> no, I was straight up, yeah, because it wasn't a small log. <laughs> no, it was no, it's exactly. like three foot long. Yeah, wow. yeah. No, I think I saw pictures of that actually. That's funny. Oh, that's a good one. Well, I'm going to wrap things up here uh, for this segment. I wish we could go on for another hour with this because it's a lot of fun. Uh, but uh, we're going to have to uh, uh, say thanks to all of the, all of our Jeepers around the campfire tonight and uh, give a big Jeep wave to Isaac, Mike, Andrew, Chuck, John. Of course, we didn't hear from him. Bill and Chip. Chris uh, from 7 We got Garrett uh, around the campfire as well. Jimmy Jeep. I wish I could have heard from him. And Steve O as well. Travis, Bob, and Larry, as well as the other Josh. Uh, here all around the campfire tonight great group and some great stories uh can't wait until we can all get around the campfire and uh and do this for a much longer period of time hey josh yeah uh, i thought it'd be a good opportunity to mention uh, that if you if you like the the campfire side uh, uh, segment and of course it's going away you don't have to uh, be with it without it because on tuesday nights we record our roundtable discussion which is a zoom meeting a whole hour of uh, it's it very similar to the campfire side chat with more questions. So you uh, should uh, should join us to sign up for that newsletter or go to our Discord server uh, and uh, find out how to join the Zoom meeting. So uh, the you can find out uh, the information on both those things by going to jeeptalkshow.com/contact, uh, joining our uh, Discord server, or uh, get signing up for the newsletter, or all of those. Good stuff, Tony. Yeah, that that uh, campfire side chat's not going away completely. We are going to have a, a much longer extended version of that that we uh, that we're still going to be putting out each and every week, and uh, you can still join in around that campfire side chat as well. Uh, just like Tony was talking about. Uh, you could also follow us on Facebook to get the notifications that way, or you could even sign up for our newsletter, uh, which is very easy to sign up for and chock full of great information, all kinds of stuff about what's happening on the show, what's coming up what we're doing, what we're giving away, uh, who we're interviewing, all that kind of stuff, and, of course, how you can join in on the fun. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com contact. You heard Tony mention that link just a minute ago. 
jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, and you're going to find a click uh, link to rather click and sign up for, uh, for that newsletter. Don't worry. It's just as easy to unsubscribe as it is to subscribe. Well, that's it for the show for this week, fellow Jeeper. Until next week, be sure to send in your tech questions for our Tech Talk segment. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. I came here to wield the piss out of this Jeep and chew bubblegum. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Podcasting since 2010.